0: Section 15 of The Haunted Organist of Hurley-Burley and Other Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Haunted Organist of Hurley-Burley and Other Stories by Rosa Mulholland. The Signor John Three. After that I saw the Signor every day. I had long walks on the hills with him, and many a pleasanter hour on the moonlight lake. He used to meet me at the Duomo so that I could not think of my prayers, and Julia began to tease me, calling me a noble English dame. "'You'll not forget me and baby,' she said. "'You'll send us a present from England?' And I had already considered it in secret about what I should send her. I thought I should be extremely happy were it not for Placido Lorenz, but his face was always before me, and his eyes had got grave and sad. His sadness troubled me so much that I tried to keep out of his way, and he soon saw that I avoided him, and was careful not to annoy me. Once, when I went out on the lake with the Signor John, it happened that Placido's boat was the boat he had hired. Not till I was fairly seated did I see the boatman. Placido picked up his oars, and he took his seat so that he could not see me, and never spoke a word nor moved his head. His oars dipped in the lake and scattered the shiny water to right and left. But except for this sign of life, he may not have been a man of stone." He did not even glance at me as I passed him out of the boat, but his downcast face haunted me all that night. The next day I was tripping along by the boats on the verge of the lake. My zither perched on my shoulder and flowers blooming in my breast. Rare, bright flowers sent me that afternoon by the Signor John. It was far in the afternoon when there is a glitter about the place, such a burning of color and flashing of water, such a glow and dazzle overheard and underfoot that sometimes one can hardly see one's way the boats look all the same with their crimson cushions and with the dash as of ink in the water under the side that is against the sun the boatmen's white shirts make them also one like another though none were so tall as placido nor so quiet nor yet so strong this time i did not see him however till he put himself right in the way Netta, i want to speak to you make haste then i said gaily Placido took my hand and made me sit on the side of his boat. Before this, I had rather believed in his strength than known it. He looked at me, straight in the face, with a long, wistful gaze. "'You are going to meet the Signor," he said. "'Yes.' Netta has he asked you to be his wife?' I said, "'Not yet, Placido,' and I began to get angry. Netta, do you think you love him?' I hung my head and blushed, which might mean anything. "'Dear,' he said." you need not be angry but you must listen to me gentlemen seldom marry peasant girls though it may charm them to walk and sail with one like you you have yourself to look to don't think me selfish for i have no wish on earth if it be not to see you happy if i could have made you happy i would have done it but as that is not to be by heaven i'll see that no one shall make you wretched i'm not so easily made wretched i said haughtily Placido looked at me tenderly for a moment and then turned away his face. "'Wicked tongues can break the purest heart,' he said softly. I looked at him in great amazement, and then I blushed. My face blushed, my ears, my throat, and my naked arms, and then the blood seemed to freeze within me, and my pulses got cold and still. I did not speak for a moment, but gazed on the ground and thought, "'Placido, you may look at me now,' I said presently, "'for I am only going to thank you.' Then I turned and left him and went my way." i did not flaunt so gaily nor trip so lightly as usual the pain in placido's face had given me a shock the Signor was already waiting for me up in the hills it being now a matter of course that i should meet him there in the evenings when we would watch the sun set redly behind the vineyards while he talked to me all about england and of his home where my pretty portrait now hung on the wall I had believed that he always thought of me as a future mistress of this honored home, never thinking at all of the gulf between us. Now I sat by him, silently looking down on the shining lake. Netta, he said, what ails you? I've been thinking of how I can tell you that I must not come here again, I said. Must not come here again, he echoed. Who has the right to prevent you? Only my own will, I answered. Then that must bend to mine, he said, smiling, for I cannot live without you a lump rose up in my throat but i choked it down senor i said sadly i'm an ignorant girl from the mountains well you you know the world you might have been kinder he glanced quickly at my face his brow suddenly reddened and he turned his head away from me so had placido looked when he feared to pain me only placido had nothing to blush for the blush had been left for me there is no need to be vexed," I said, and I did not mean to hurt you. I am going back to the town now. I shall always be proud of your friendship, Signor John. I waited a minute patiently, but he did not move his head. I did not see any reason why I should wait or speak to him again, so I turned away and began walking towards the town. I heard his steps coming behind me. Netta, he called. Well, I said, Netta, will you be my wife? I felt a great shock of triumph he had really said the words and i could tell placido and yet somehow all the gladness had gone out of my heart in an hour my life was changed yet i did not know it i said yes slowly for i thought i loved him and i remembered that he was a noble signor, and that in this he was very good placido had said truly that lords do not marry peasants and the signor had made a sacrifice in order to win my hand i knew that i ought to be proud of it and yet somehow i felt ashamed I could not forget his face when he had turned it away from me, nor the struggle which I had then witnessed, nor the wound that had been given to my pride. Surely I might be content, I thought, yet I wept that whole night through. I thought I had been a great deal happier when alone on the alpine paths. The Signor brought me gifts, a chain for my neck, and trinkets for my ears, and a ring for my fingers, as a pledge of troth. Never was a more generous lover than the Signor John. The evening after I received them, I decked myself in the jewels and ran out into the twilight to bring my news to Placido. This friend had always had been away at Kolek since early dawn, and I watched for his coming back from my little window up in the roof. His boat pulled into the harbor just after sunset. "'Oh, Netta, is it you?' he cried and sprang eagerly to the beach. I shook my head at him laughingly, and the dying flare of the sun blazed on my jewels. Placido, I have come to tell you about it. I am to be married this day week. Placido bent his head. I thank God for your welfare, he said. I bit my lips cruelly, and the tears sprang to my eyes. I had thought that he might have been just a little grieved. It is wonderful, I said, how friends can be glad to lose one. Placido looked at me in wonder. His face was deadly pale, and he appeared to be very tired, or to have lately suffered. Somehow I could not be satisfied, though I had come out here to triumph over him. He had thought I could be treated lightly, and I had shown him his fears were vain. He had thanked God for my happiness, and that was all. He began now to speak cheerfully, seeing that clouds had gathered on my face. So you are going to be a noble lady, he said, in some splendid place beyond the seas. Maybe in the course of the years you will come back to Como. I did not believe a word of it. It seemed all a lying tale. It was like the stories told out of the curling smoke when the logs are burning in the Alps. I stood upon a heap of sails, with my foot on the edge of the boat, my jewels flashing as the boat swayed, and my eyes on the west where the light was fading. Yes, yes, I was to be a noble lady, and to live in a foreign country with the Signor John, and there would be a very vast difference in the days that were still to come, between me up in my high place and Placido plying his boat on the lake. The light faded away, and the water lapped darkly at the side of the boat, My jewels ceased to flash, and there was a long, long silence, which Posito broke. "'And Nicola?' he asked abruptly, as if following out some train of thought. I gave a sudden, violent start, and stared at him blankly. In the midst of my excitement, I had forgotten Nicola. In arranging for my own welfare, I had let my poor, helpless brother slip out of my thoughts. "'The Signor will take care of him,' I muttered. "'I will take him with me to England.' your signor is a generous man returned placido and then i bade him good-night and went up to my nest to think i sat on my bed in the dark tossing my twinkling jewels about my lap the signor had gone to a ball at one of the palaces on the lake he was dancing even at this moment with the ladies who were quite his equals yet whom he had not found so lovable as simple me ah oh, for the sake of my love would he be good to niccolo it seemed to me as i sat there in the depths of my sore remorse that there was no one Half so dear to me as that lone, helpless creature whom people disliked and called the imp. I had promised to come back for my brother, and I vowed I would keep my word. Next day, I was earlier than I need have been at the familiar scene on the hill. Signor, I said as soon as he was seated beside me, You must not call me Signor, Netta. Ah, uh, I always forget. You remember my brother, Nicola? The Signor's face clouded. I do remember him well, he said. He is waiting till I return for him up in the Alps. "'He must wait a long time then, Netta, if you are coming with me. Signor, I said, "'can we not bring Nicola with us?' "'He laughed a low laugh. "'He did not mean to be unkind, I think. "'It was only that he felt amused. "'No, Netta, indeed we could not take him. "'He is no one at all but me,' I said, speaking low, holding my breath. "'He must learn to do without you then. "'Once for all, my pretty one, you must leave your friends behind you, "'though you can still provide for your brother.' "'getting someone to take good care of him up in the mountains. "'No one loves Nicola,' I muttered reflectively. "'Therefore you need not think me cruel,' said the Signor. "'Therefore I cannot leave him,' I whispered. "'The Signor began to look angry. Netta, he said, "'you talk like a spoiled child. "'You must try to forget Italy, "'and that is the plain truth. "'It will be quite hard enough upon me.' "'Here he stopped. "'Yes,' I said, looking at him, "'tell me what will be hard.' Nothing, he said, smiling again, nothing that will not be set right when you have been a year in England, and have quite forgotten Italy, and have almost forgotten Italy, and now, since that is settled, my Netta, tell me what you will have for a wedding gift. Signora, I said, you have already given me too much. You have indeed been very good to me that I cannot forget. Tush, Netta, what is the matter with you, he said. I will give you anything you like i sat silent again looking out over the water in the distance some elegant ladies were embarking from their marble staircase away at the bottom of the lake towered the azure walls of the alps and away farther still folded up somewhere in their royal purple sat my sad crippled brother my poor peevish lad whom nobody save myself would ever love yonder with the danny ladies was the place for signor john mine was in the alps with nicolo signor i said at last I am an ignorant girl. I have been lately thinking more than you would believe. I acknowledge that it was generous of you to ask me to be your wife, and that my love would not be worth to you all the trouble it must cost. Like should mate with like, and you and I are unlike. Yet I should hardly have dared to speak had it not been for Nicola. The Signor looked at me in amazement. You mean that you want to be free again, Netta? Yes, I said, if you please. You mean to give up everything for Nicola? Tomorrow I shall be on the Alps, going back for him, I said. Nada, you shall not jilt me. No, Signor John, that would indeed be too saucy. You shall jilt me if you like it better. This is very fine, he said, but I shall alter your way of thinking. In the meantime, say good-bye, Signor, for I shall not see you tomorrow. Good-bye, Netta, for the present. Good-bye, Signor John, and may God be with you. He had caught both my hands if he would not let me go but i twisted them from him suddenly and went running down the hill and out of his sight i packed up my jewels and sent them back to their owner who had been generous enough to give them as though i had been fit to be his wife my good julia carried them after mourning over them for an hour and early on the following day i went out to look for placido i've come to say goodbye placido i'm off to the alps the alps cried placido wonderingly for Nicola, I said brightly, we are not going to England, though. The Signora is going alone. Placido sprang from his boat with a radiant face. Oh, Netta, is it true? But you shall not travel alone. Of course I shall travel alone. I did it before with a sadder heart. I'm going to see my mother, said Placido. I hope you will not object. Why should I object, I said. Your mother will be glad to see you. As glad as your Nicola to see you. I'll take care to tell her you are coming, I said. You think then that you are likely to outwalk me? What do you mean to say that you are coming with me now? I mean to be your fellow traveler, he said, unless you tell me truly that you would rather go alone. I could not say that I would rather go alone, so we made our journey together back to the Alps. As we went along, Placido told me much of his former journeys and what grief he had suffered and what dreary things he had said to himself, and I knew well that his misery had been because I could not love him. As for me, I confessed my carelessness with regard to Nicola and my feelings towards the English Signor, which had been all made up of pride, and Placido tried to excuse me a little and promised not to think ill of me. It was much happier traveling with him than wandering quite alone, and by the time we got near his village, I was grieved that the journey was past. We sat upon two large pine stumps then and looked at each other gravely. Another wind of the road would bring us within sight of friends.' I had felt a strange joy in being alone in the world with Placido and I knew by Placido's face that he liked taking care of me. Netta said Placido simply, will you be my wife at last? I wonder you asked me again, I said, but it would cost me far too dear to refuse you now. So it happened that we were married in his village church with his mother and my Nicola besides many friends around us and now we are again at Como. Nicola, who has got stronger, is carving figures under our trees while grandmother teaches our child to touch the zither. And Placido is not a boatman now. We live in our own vineyard where the Signor John has been to see us bringing his charming English bride. End of section 15.